Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm Chanel Tyus. I am the CEO and uh, owner of SKD Creative Inc. In my business, I coach creative, aspiring, and multi-passionate mompreneurs who are looking to either start or scale their creative businesses. So this can be anything from a mom who has a talent and a dream, but nothing else, to a mom who's got a talent, has mobilized in the dream, and is looking to uh, formalize it and put some strategy behind it being a legitimate business um, that's both profitable and sustainable. So I don't just work with creative mompreneurs, but that's where my heart lies. That's my specialty. What? So that's really exciting because I know that, you know, that's a population of people that typically feel maybe like left behind, feel like, oh, it's too late for me. Like, you know what? There's there's no point in me starting now. Um, and so I assume that's some of the things that you hear and what you help them to work around, right? Talk a lot about mindset because- for sure. If their mindset can shift, then they can start to see possibility and entertain the idea that, no, you actually can continue to um, design and create the lifestyle and business of your dreams. Now, it's going to take some work, but, you know, it's possible. For sure. So what found you in this work? Like, how did you start doing this work? That's a really good question. So um, I am degreed in counseling. Um, specifically my specialization was college student affairs. So I went to school to work with college students pretty much everywhere outside of the classroom. Through that work, I do a lot of development, a lot of training, and a lot of coaching just naturally, both supervising students, uh, student employees, student programmers, but also supervising young professionals. So a lot of um, a lot of heavy emphasis on helping them craft their identity in a professional space, a lot of molding, a lot of corrective conversations. That naturally is exhausting work <laughs> because they're sitting outside of my door. Uh, I did this for about seven years straight in a very intense capacity, but I've been in the field for about 14 years. Through that, I had a daughter nine years ago. And when you become a mom, you are suddenly burdened with all of these extra expenses that you were not prepared for. You think about that. People tell you about diapers. People tell you about formula. People don't necessarily talk enough about quality daycare. And so as we were hit with all of those expenses and looking for a quality daycare experience for our daughter, not just like auntie, whoever, who keeps the kids, no offense, because for some of us, that's all we can afford. But my my background is in child development. So my, my undergraduate degree is child and adolescent development. So I know the importance through theory of how important it is to have your children be developed, right? Like intentionally. So we got hit with this really major daycare bill and we had to figure out a way to you know, try and recoup some of those losses. So my husband got an extra job, uh, but I did not want to, I didn't want to be a hostess at a restaurant. I did not want to work at the mall. Those are things that I enjoy at my leisure. So 
I'm going to be real bitter if I'm sitting somewhere serving someone when I want to be at the restaurant, like waiting on my appetizer. So I went to strengths. I went to what do I know how to do well and how can I use it to make money? At the time, that was writing. I've always been a strong writer. I have always had a talent for helping people craft their personal narratives. So lots of requests to edit bios, help me with my resume. Can you write this cover letter for me? Can you proofread or edit my statement of purpose for grad school or law school? And eventually I started to look to those things as one, affirmation and confirmation, and two, things that I should be charging for. If it's service that you need that you don't have and I can provide it, then I can monetize it. And that started me on the path to helping other professionals with their brand messaging, although nine years ago it was not called brand messaging. <laughs> but that's what it was essentially. And in getting people's life story out, I leaned to a couple things. One, what do you do well? What would you never say about yourself? that maybe other people are saying about you? And how do we get you comfortable with the messaging that I have? Because I read so much and write so well, I can say things in ways, you know, wordsmith things that other people wouldn't necessarily. So long story short, eventually it became so little about the writing and so much more about the person and their story and what their struggles were and overlooking those struggles to focus on their strengths and I have a couple different certifications in Gallup's Strength, Clifton Strengths Finder, and those pieces just started to naturally weave together to the point where I happily walked away from the writing portion about five months ago, and I just focus on helping people to start to get your mindset right. Like you said, so much of it is about mindset because it's, it's a place you will always come back to. So you may start as a mom or a creative with a dream, but if your mind is still telling you that you're too late, you should have started this years ago, you are not as great as some other people in the game, the market is too saturated, no one's going to pay for this. All of those little be- those little lies that we believe, you will never stop needing to go back and identify the root of where that messaging comes from. So that's one of the foundational places I start, but it's been a journey and all of those pieces have been so critical to just continuing to refine. What is it that I do well? What is it that I do well with others? And how can I make money from that? Those are some key questions for anyone listening. If you haven't already written those down, okay, recite <laughs> memory or something like that, you're going to have to go back and listen to the episode again, which is fine. Send it to a friend, but mm-hmm. you really hit the nail on the head. However, it's the mindset that gets in people's way, right? Because they're like, what strengths? And Correct. it's what are we Correct. What you got strengths? They're like, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> it's like telling them the sky, telling them the sky is really blue, and they see it as purple. And you're like, no, it's mm-hmm. everyone. Everyone sees that it's blue. You are mm-hmm. just, it's just you that sees it as purple. So you know, I love that you mention it because it's getting honest with ourselves, and then being able to, if it's not something that you can pinpoint on your own, this is why you need to have support and have a success squad, right? Correct. In form of a coach and Correct. someone to you to uncover these things because. They're going to be blind spots that you aren't going to be able to identify ever. 
someone else is going to have to pinpoint that Correct. thing for you. And so anyone that we look at as successful has had support in their journey and continues to have support in their journey. What baffles me is like, I don't know if it's a double standard or if it's this misconception societally that like people should have to do things alone. So moms oftentimes feel very Correct. isolated and feel like they have to, you know, be the superwoman and and make all the pieces to the puzzle fit. And that's just not the case. It's not sustainable, right? So if we're thinking not just what you can do overnight, but how can you create something that's going to be long lasting over time um, that you have to take that step back and say, okay, well, who is it that I need to help me to start making progress? Because starting is some of the hardest part of the whole thing. (laughs) So so I love that you mentioned- It really uh, is. Getting started, working on your mindset, and the mindset's always going to come back because as you grow and scale, guess what? There's going to be new obstacles to overcome, new limiting beliefs that you didn't know were there before because they never had the opportunity to be seen having shed on them. So I love that you mentioned that. And so you said you stepped away from the writing piece now, kind of really stepping into this new Mm -hmm. new role, which sounds exciting. Um, What would you say to someone who- is a creative, right? Um, that that's trying to get started or wants to get started, but they're maybe dealing with some like perfectionism or they are um, scared of like fear of failure or fear of judgment or fear of rejection. Like what would you say to someone who just as far as getting started goes? Yeah. The fear piece, I'll touch on that first. I think we're, we don't talk about the different types of fear and how fear is masked by other behaviors. So we may say we're tired and legitimately being tired, right? Like we're in a pendle, say, right? We're tired. You're a parent. You're tired. You're grieving. You're tired. You're in waiting. You're ti- we are all tired. And so those, those aren't lies, but am I using tired, right? And sometimes I ask clients, could it be that you're tired because you're not doing work that energizes you, right? What what outlets do you have? So sometimes fear is masked and it could be fear of failure. It could be fear of judgment and it could be fear of success. The need to continue to outdo myself and put forth the effort that I know it takes to be successful. Some of us are afraid of that. I know I have battled all of those things and how I come out of the fear or have come out of the fear is that the people who are talking are talking anyway. <laughs> so I'd rather you be talking behind my back while I'm on my way to the bank, while I'm realizing my dream, while you're still working at the DMV for 40 years. Like what, and, and no, we need those, we need civil servants, right? This is no shade, but there's no one who's not dreaming. There's no one who's sitting around without a preferred vision of their future. I think the make or break in acting upon that or chasing it even in some iteration is really where the fear gets to take control or not. So I tell people the time's going to pass regardless. The feeling of readiness may never come, especially if it's between sleep so I can get up and go to work and pay the bills or time on the couch with my my little or my partner. Um, the time of of feeling right may never come. So I really just try and and get around the fear piece and and dig down to the root. You asked another you asked another question about starting 
and how, right? The the what the sort of like the impetus to start. And I think you have to identify again with that analogy of the preferred vision of the future. Is my current life my dream life? And if not, you've got some work to do. You've got some work to do. And you you mentioned doing it alone, this idea that entrepreneur means alonepreneur, and that is so not the case. I'm stealing success squad because I love that. I will always give you credit. But the idea that anyone gets to where they are by themselves is is just insane. And it's such a false narrative. But we see these people, especially in social media, and I try not to blame anything on social media. It's the, it's just the generation. But the idea that what you see in this person's feed, which is their life, is indicative of any type of backstory. It's just not. And then when we stop comparing our starting point or in progress to someone else's end result, again, knowing that no one's ever finished, especially not if you are an aspiring creative, an aspiring entrepreneur, aspiring for success and aspiring for that preferred vision of the future. You're Even what we see as polished, those people aren't done. And that's really the difference between those of us who are reluctant to start and those of us who go ahead and, and do the thing because those people in, know that they're in progress. What you see is still just my in progress. So I think we have to get out of these, the lies. It's really just the lies. It's lies. I love it. Everyone who's listening or who has known me for any amount of time knows that my number one book referral, which is a quick read, is like 45 to 50 pages. And it's called the lies we tell ourselves, the psychology. I've heard you talk about that. Because we literally, in these tiny little ways, we'll tell ourselves fibs. And the fibs turn into big lies and ways that we, you know, never start chasing our dreams or continue to kind of walk Mm -hmm. this preferred vision of the future. I'm going to steal that. You take success squad. We'll just trade. It's fine. Um, (laughs) Perfect. Tradesies. But I love that you mentioned, right? Those who start know that they're constantly in progress. Like that right there is Uh a whole gem. And that's why when you look at someone that knows that they're in progress, when you talk to them and tell them something that they're great, they're like, what? (laughs) Like, Oh, thanks. Uh-huh. I guess. You know, like I'm still working on it. Like I'm still, I'm still in the workshop. Um, as opposed to someone else, you know, who's been in the lab. And I say people, perfectionism and procrastination, right, lead to like planning yourself into paralysis, essentially. And so some people they're sitting and they're planning, like, oh, I'm planning, I'm planning, I'm planning, I'm planning. And you said, you know, sometimes these lies or uh the fear is a wolf in sheep's clothing as far as like planning as far as, oh, I'm working on this part of it or that part of it. It's like, at some point you have to jump. At some point you have to, you know, start, which starting might be research. Starting might be, you know, reaching out for, for some, someone's support or help, a mentor, a coach, a counselor, you know, putting something out, testing something in the market and see what happens, um, obviously strategic way. So I love that you mentioned all of that. And I think that it's really necessary for everyone to hear. Um, now, (laughs) now you said you talked to multi-talented, <laughs> multi-passionate individuals, which I am one of, man, it's a struggle. Yes. So, it's a struggle. It's all, we're out here. We're out here though. <laughs> <laughs> 
what would you say, right? Because what I told a client the other day was, and I just have to be, because if the lies are what keep us from progressing, honesty is the anecdote to that. So in session, Mm -hmm. radical honesty is what I present. And people are like, I want you to be my coach. I want you to be my therapist. I'm like, I don't know if you really do, because I don't know if you're ready for this. Because you're about to get these truths. But I said to a client, you haven't stuck with anything long enough to see if it even Mm. could work. And so in the, and I'm saying that to her, but I'm also like, dang girl, what have you stuck with? You know, like for the multi-talented, multi-passionate individuals who get so many ideas, like on a daily basis of different things that they want to do and how they want to help the world and create an impact. What would you say as far as picking something and sticking to it long enough to ensure that you've given it enough time to incubate and actually grow and turn into something. Oh, that's so good. So in my work with my clients, I go through an eight-week intensive um, through my signature program, Strengths to Strategy. And in that program, we start with strengths clarity. We follow up with mindset. So we get very clear on mission, vision, values, mindset, lies, and truths. Because like you said, the honesty, honesty is the anecdote. So you cannot combat lies with your own brain power. We have to root it down to the truth. And that's, that is hard work. It's work that people don't want to do. And that piece about, um, sticking with it for multi-passionates, I think we need a couple of, we need a couple allowances. One for anyone who does not know, a multi-passionate as I define it is someone who has multiple interests and usually those interests are paired with skill. So you might be sitting there and be like, I got tons of interests. I like play video games. I like to read. I like, so we're not talking about multiple hobbies. We as multi-passionates tend to be people who see something, can try it, because we've picked up an interest, we can try it. And usually we have some level of skill and proficiency, meaning there are so many things that we see being done that we literally could do and excel at. And then there are some things that we can't. So knowing those things that you maybe have some interest in, but not necessarily skill, that's how I start to niche down for lack of less influencer type terms, but that's how I tend to drill down to what I'm actually passionate about. I would tell folks and I tell my clients to get very clear on your strengths, figure out where you feel in the zone. This is not necessarily your zone of genius, but where you find yourself losing track of time, senses, and external motivators, meaning I could stay in the space those videos that we see of people roller skating since quarantine and they just look in it. They don't they're not doing it to see if they go viral. They're not doing it because of the person recording. They're just in it. Those people have gotten into the zone. And that's what Elizabeth Gilbert in her book refers to as big magic, that place where you love it, you're good at it and you do it even if you weren't getting paid going viral or getting a like, share or subscribe, right? So I encourage my clients to get very clear on what are you good at, not necessarily task-wise, but how you approach the task. And we do that together through strengths assessment and just exploring. And then think about when or where you're in the zone. When do you feel at your best? And then what would you do for free, even if there were no external stakes attached? And I think that process 
doing those three in succession are really helpful for multi-passionates to focus. I think multi-passionates hate being told you can't do it all or that phrase, um, jack of all trades, master of none, right? Because multi-passionates, like I could master at any one of these things, to be honest, but I have to go through some weeding out process to figure out where I want to lend my focus. And that's how multi-passionates tend to excel. So when I can drill down to the place where I want to focus, that's how I know what I'm going to be able to put some stick-to-itiveness to, as my grandmother would call it. What can I actually follow through to the end? And then, honestly, not being afraid to let go of those things that no longer serve you. I have had writer in my bio, on my website, and my business cards. I mean, for years, since 2011, like since I incorporated my business, which is called Well Said, by the way, I have been... I've been so attached to the writing thing, one, because it's what made me quick and easy money. There are so many people who do not have the skill set to write and they're willing to pay for it. But over and over again, I'd find that it was no longer bringing me passion and joy. So when you have your value or your identity attached to certain things, it makes it really, really hard to release them. And I had to eventually start owning the fact that, no, you're actually a bomb coach, trainer, and consultant. And this writing piece has just kind of been stuck on as an addendum part of your identity because that's so long how you've defined yourself or been defined by other people. So that I think for multi-passionates is another piece, not being afraid to let go of what no longer serves you. You just dropped some serious gems. I might need to be up in that <laughs> in that uh Okay, that eight week intensive. Um, <laughs> you that was like just fire, right? Strength, skills, and strategy, and being able to find the intersections of those things, right? Not just what you like the sound of or the thought of, yeah. but really, you know, what is going to be essentially like sustainable potentially for you in the long run, um, mm-hmm. knowing that you know, sometimes life takes us down different paths and, and then knowing how to let go, having flexibility enough when we're going down a path to pivot, um, and, and not put more roadblocks in our way when it's time to take a turn. And so I love that you mentioned, um, everything that you just said, right? Like, what would you do for free? What do you get yourself lost in? And being honest in our, with ourselves to ask ourselves, like, is this my current dream life? Well, what is my dream life? Mm. Is my preferred vision of the future? Mm. People can spend a lot of time in their non-preferred dream life, in their nightmare life. Correct. <laughs> People know how to spend yes. a lot of time in the nightmare of where everything is going wrong and how things go left and waiting for the next shoe to drop. And and I'm not saying that you shouldn't consider uh-huh. how things could go sideways, but you don't want to get Correct. stuck there. Because as a clinician, that's where anxiety is bred and lives is in worrying about a future that has not yet occurred. So you visit the future and you look at both paths because you're at a fork in the road. This could happen or this Mm -hmm. could happen. And Mm -hmm. which one do I want? And which one do I want to put the work in to walk toward? Because both of them are work. Grief is work. Staying at a job you don't like is work. Staying in a relationship that is toxic is work, but working toward designing your dream life, getting a coach, taking a course, 
starting a business, growing and scaling a business. You, there, people are looking for shortcuts and it's like, there isn't one. There isn't one. And Brene Brown talks about vulnerability as her, right, her core, her core topic, but she talks about excitement being a form of vulnerability. And so often we're afraid to get excited. That place that you talked about, that's work, grief, trudging to work at a job that feels thankless, that we don't really love, but we do it well and we don't have to think about it. Like that is, that can be a mind numbing place. And I don't think there's anyone who's not a creative because we were created by a master creator, but some people don't sit around and consider themselves to be creatives. So I would say in that space, there's some fear behind getting excited about that other road that may not lead to where I hope it leads or where it'd be great if it could lead to. And not only does worry rob us of our joy today, but not letting ourselves get excited about the possibility of that preferred future is also a form of robbing us from this momentary excitement that we need. That's that's an energy, you know, endorphin burst that can carry us through to the next moment. We don't serve ourselves at all by denying ourselves getting excited about possibilities. Life is wild. It sure is. <laughs> this, <laughs> see, this is a conversation, right? Like this is how you know, like we could keep talking for mm-hmm. for hours totally could. <laughs> on all of these topics, but I want to make sure, you know, to let everyone know where they can find you. How can they, you know, learn more about um, how you're helping, you know, mompreneurs, creative mompreneurs in this season um, and where you're most active on social? Absolutely. So working backwards, I'm most active on social at Chanel Tyus, S-H-A-N-E-L-L-T-Y-U-S. That's also my website where you can find me in a listing of my services as well as my blog where I talk quite a bit about mindset, passion, purpose, strategy, and monetizing those passions, chaneltyus.com. You can also read about the services that I provide for creative clients. So my signature program is called Strengths to Strategy, and that is an eight-week intensive with bi-weekly one-on-one meetings lasting about an hour and 15 minutes where we really dive deep into your strengths. We dive into your mindset. We get clear on what you personally have. So your secret sauce is what's going to get poured on everything, not just professionally, but also personally in your life. And through that clarity, we start to work towards a strategy to help you either start or scale your business. So one, you don't feel like you're doing it alone. Two, you don't have to figure out where to start. We take your end goal and we work it backwards. The other um, the other service that I offer in the coaching realm is for people who you know are like, I'm not really a coaching person. I don't want to be coached. I think my husband would say, you know, even Jordan needed a coach, even if you feel like you're great and perfect. Bill Jackson was coaching the GOAT. So (laughs) coaches need coaches, but there's no one who's walking through this life who could not use wise counsel. So that's always my pushback. But if you're someone who's more of a DIYer, I offer a, what I call strength sesh. So we get you clear on your strengths, give you some insight, and then help you gear those insights to leveraging them in various aspects of your life. This is a 90-minute, quick, done session versus an ongoing relationship that continues to build over time. 
Um, those are both detailed on my website as well. I love it. Thank you so much, Chanel. I'm glad to know you. I'm glad to know you too. <laughs> I'm so happy that you, you know, that you are continuing to move in the direction that feels most appropriate for you at the time and and then doing the same and helping other people to understand how to do that with more ease and structure and strategy. I think I just made a post today that was like, you know, six hours after the, mm-hmm. the Google rabbit hole, right? Like that little tired fox. And so many people are just trying to patchwork their their life yes. together. And that's just not going to suffice at the end of the day, especially when there are other people who are not patchworking. They are on a strategic plan and it, it's not that you're in competition with anyone else. However, you are to some extent, like you, someone else is doing what you want to do. In a you want to carve your, yes. You want to carve your space out. And it's not, like you said, it's not for the purpose of competition it's for walking your path. There's a path that's set before you and you can take ownership of that vision that, you know, we we love to talk about that God gives you the desires of your heart as though he is a genie granting wishes. No, those things that you're desiring in your heart were planted there. Now, what faith steps are you willing to take to walk towards them because he honors those faith steps. So you make the decision to start. He sends you resources. He sends you coaches. He sends you affirmation and confirmation. Your friend tells you, Hey, I need you. And you're like, okay, God, that's confirmation. And then you look before you and you do see, okay, I got a ship. I got a market. I got a sales. I got to do I have to run my social media. I have to correspond. I could because, like, yes, you have to do those things, but you do not have to do them alone. So, not being afraid, like you said, so afraid that you ignore the signs that are pointing towards help and support. We can't free freebie our way to entrepreneurship. There is an investment that has to be made at some level, whether it's a course, whether it's a book, whether it's a a coach, a virtual assistant not being afraid to invest as your finances allow um, to get you in gear. I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show again. Thanks for having me. If you feel like what she has said has resonated with you, then that's a sign. Like if you were looking Mm -hmm. for a sign, then that's it. Okay. This is it. Oh, you want to listen to that voice and take a step and reach out, follow, comment, slide in her DMs. I just opened your DMs. I don't know if you even opened (laughs) them. I just don't, okay, if you feel like she might be someone who can help you in your journey. And I truly appreciate you for all that you do. Gems, we will talk to you Thank next you. time. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.